There it is. That's how you harness the dragon. Super easy. <laughs> this is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. All right, here we are. Welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Today we're talking about riding the digital dragon or yeah. how, to, <laughs> how to remain creative in the digital maelstrom. Oh, maelstrom. Yeah. If you exist in the modern world, you probably have some sort of connection. Even if you don't have a phone, you have a computer, you have internet connection. And if you don't, you're probably not listening to this podcast, so it doesn't matter, <laughs> right. uh, which is great. Um, no, that's not great. Tell Wait. all your Luddite friends about this podcast. <laughs> but the idea is, you know, we, it's not uncommon to talk about the distractions of digital devices, um, the internet, the siren song mm. of the silicon sister. I don't know. Some sort of alliteration. Um, and Crushed on the rocks of digital. Oh, wait. Anyway. Destruction. No, sorry. We're doing the dragon. We were talking about the, the different ways that we allow the digital distractions to take us away from our creative practice, especially when we're kind of ramping up. Like, we feel like we're, all right, I'm finally getting somewhere. And then it's like, oh, let me mm. check my phone. You were talking about a, a scene last Saturday that you were Ugh. dealing with. Yeah. So what, what was that? Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Last Saturday, I settled down with my cup of coffee and my morning pages. And I was going to write. And I had an idea for, you know, something I was going to explore. And then... uh I thought, well, I'll just check my phone. <laughs> yeah, just you know, turn wrong? on my phone, make sure there were no emergencies. Yes. Uh, or whatever. And then for whatever reason, I got ensconced in five different text group text threads. I don't know. Like this morning, not a single text, but for some reason last Saturday, uh, you know, everybody was active. And so I even got to the point where I was, you know, I accidentally sent a text to the wrong thread <laughs> and, you know, just that whole thing. And, and an hour and a half went past, you know, and I, I didn't write a word yeah. in my morning pages. Right. Yeah. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll get to why we do this in a minute, but it, it's, <laughs> it is fascinating. It's like, all I want to do when we talked about this before, whenever... I don't have the time to do my creative practice. That's all I want to do. But then when I have the time, it's like, well, how can I piss this away and exactly. do some other stuff? I know. It's, the, it's fascinating. I wonder if anybody else has this. It's the same uh, with vacation. Does anybody do this where you, you're getting ready to leave for a trip and you look around your house and you go, oh, gosh, I wish I wasn't going on this because I really need I wanted to wash the windows. I wanted to reorganize the living room. I had all these ideas I was going to do. And then the next week when I'm home and I have all the time in the world, I'm not doing any of I just want to things. do the stuff that I'm going to do on vacation, <laughs> like read and just exactly. drink coffee and look out the window, it's just which is awesome. really interesting. And I don't know if it can be explained with such a simple phrase as the grass is greener, but it is a weird... Yeah. I don't know. It is fascinating. And we'll, we'll dig into that here in a, in a second. Yeah. But I'm going to share my sweet, sweet anecdotes of digital distraction, which... Are the, the hope here is that if you're listening, you'll recognize this in yourself. 
and if not this exact stuff that we're talking about, at least that, oh, yeah, because I think this kind of goes back to our narratives in some way where if you can recognize it, then you stand a chance of being able to do something about it. Right. Whereas if you're just unconsciously in these habits um, that you feel like are derailing your creative practice or keeping you from, from your best creative practice. Or then, you don't even realize they are. Well, right. And that's it. I mean, or wait. If, yeah, so that's what then. we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. And so the things that happen to me when I'm writing are myriad. Like either I'm getting ready to head down and I'll be upstairs and I'm like, I'm going to head down. And it's like, well, let me check the soccer scores real quick, especially for the weekend, because there's always like 70,000 soccer games going on. And, and Lord forbid I miss something because they'll probably never play another <laughs> game again ever. And that will be exactly the same. And uh, it's just kind of funny. It's, I guess if you want to be real nihilistic about it, it's all meaningless, right? Our creative practice is meaningless, our, you know, the things we're looking for. But if you have to choose within your life, what is meaningless? I would argue that the soccer scores are probably fairly meaningless. But <laughs> inevitably, like you said, you know, you just, oh, let me just check a few things. And a half hour, an hour has gone mm. by. And next thing you know, you're, you don't have as much time as you think you should have. So you kind of like, well, I only have 45 minutes, so uh, I might as well go do some laundry in the meantime. And then I'll wait till after lunch and I'll, and I'll do my stuff then. And uh, also in the take one action, and you know, if you're worried about trying to find time for your creative practice, you don't need a lot of time. But we convince ourselves that we do. And mm -hmm. so we sabotage these, even these small moments where inevitably if you actually sit down and put your butt in the chair and do the work, even if it's only 15 or 20 minutes, you still feel really good about it. Just yes. it feels good. You know, a lot of times we find this happens when once you actually do sit down and you're like, you know, you're kind of trying to figure out what, you know, for me, it's like, oh, well, what's this scene about or or what's this next novel about? Or, you know, you're just kind of brainstorming and, and stream of consciousness stuff. And then you hit on some good things. You're like, OK, yeah, yeah, this is the thing. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee or I'm going to pick up my device and check the weather because I'm excited now. I'm excited about the day. I got my dopamine drip. And then there you are. And it's like, man. Or research is another big one for me too. If I'm in the middle of writing something, oh, I don't really know. I need to know how this works before I can have this scene because it has to have logic. And it's a nice excuse. It's I, I think uh, this will sort of help us segue into the why we do this. But it's an integral part of writing. But it doesn't have to happen right then. Like I can just make a note in the in what I'm writing. Go, hey, research this. And keep going <laughs> right. as opposed to like, nope, I need to know all Drop of this. Everything. I need to know everything about nuclear power, the history and the future now. And, and that's what happens. I, honestly, I was very blown away last night when you said when you get an idea and then you have to go, you know, oh, I've got an idea. Because I thought, of course, I was the only one, you know, oh, that did yeah. that. <laughs> so, no. oh, you do that too. Well, it's funny. And so the why we do this part, you know, we also talked about like one of the cool things about creating is that you get the, the surge, you get that giddiness when you come up with an idea or even like a direction or you made up your mind to do something and you're like, ah, and you get that dopamine drip. And then for some reason, we don't follow, like we don't immediately dig in to that thing. And the question is, well, why? It seems like the most opportune moment to get into the thing that we're excited about. And uh, I think for me, it has to do with, well, I'm excited about it, but once I get into it, experience tells me that that's when the work has to happen. Uh, right? And it's like, oh man, like I know it's going to, 
it's not going to just fall out of my head and be perfectly formed like I want it to. I'm going to have to work through it, and there are going to be things that I didn't think about in the initial idea that I have to work through. And it's just part of the creative practice. Um, but for the dopamine receptor part of me, I want more dopamine. Mm. And so maybe picking up the phone or getting online to research something gives me just another boost of dopamine because I constantly want it. And it's funny because there are other ways to get that within your creative practice, even if you're doing the hard work. What are some of the things like when you decide, you know, for us, coffee is like a digital distraction, but it's like, oh, I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. um, but or I'm going to flip over my phone. What are sort of some of the things that you think are causing you to do that? Well, there's a little bit of a weird delayed gratification kind of thing like oh, yeah. uh, going on there for me that I I want to prolong the excited feeling. Well, I, I guess it's akin to what you just said about like you don't want to get in there and find out it's a crap idea <laughs> or something. Well, you know, like, I, think, no, but, I, th I mean, I think you're right, though. I think it's different. I think it's a little nuanced where it's like, yeah, I just have this you have the perfect image in your head and you just want to savor that. Yeah. You know, I think that's the word you use. And then fear, of course, for me, it sort of always comes back to this fear of the, the reality of the situation. Yeah. It's the idea that it's like, man, it, it can't get any more perfect than this. Again, and we'll get to this when we talk about harnessing the digital dragon. Um, but, you know, like how to work with that and embrace the whole creative process rather than just the stuff that makes you super excited. Yeah. You know, we talked about before cycles and how if you can recognize that you're going through these cycles, then you know there's good stuff on the other side. But um, I was thinking uh, when I first started mountain biking 10 years ago or so, we had gotten these new trails and, and I found out that mountain biking was actually fun and it wasn't just a grind. And even though I was out of shape, I was like, yeah, you know, getting into it. And then I got a new bike and I'm like, yeah, new bike. It's going to be awesome. And so I got on the trails and it was, it was still hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, the giddiness of getting the new bike. It was like, yeah, I'm so stoked because everything's going to be better. But I still had to do the work. Yeah. You know, I still had to pedal the pedals and make up my mind to like, hey, you're just going to do the work and it's going to be okay. And I still do that to this day when I'm riding, when things are hard. It's like, yeah, just, you know, keep, keep the pedals turning, keep the wheels spinning because eventually you'll get through the hard stuff to the fun stuff. And I think that is exactly true with creative practice as well. I do the same thing with a new pair of running shoes every single time. It's like, oh, yeah, now I've got cushy. It's like going to do the running for me. That's right. Can you jump, <laughs> jump higher and run faster? Exactly. I love that, that this stuff from our childhood just carries over into adulthood. And, and even though we know it's not true, we still secretly it's, want it to be true. Yeah, it's riding the dragon. It is. I am the dragon. Wait, how to become the dragon. So mm. the year is 2095. We're all cyborgs. Ooh. And we, no, we are the digital dragon. We have dragon masks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm working on a story. No. Um, another reason that we do this is because all of this is designed to mm. get us to do this. Phones are designed to be colorful, magical, interactive things. So that And websites are designed to get us to stay on the sites longer. Um, and that's another, like another part of that awareness thing is like two things. One, I don't have to do this right now. And two, whatever's digitally out there right now will be out there tomorrow. But yeah, anyway, I, I think that it's really important to try and keep that in mind. So it's not like, oh, I'm such an idiot because I can't stay off my phone. It's like, well, there's a, you know, it's not all you. Oh, exactly. You know, it, it's, there's a lot of psychological research that has gone into making these devices like they are 
Um, and same with like your favorite news shows and stuff, you know, those or sports sets, you know, those sets are designed to get you to be visually attracted to them. And, you know, the, the tickers and it's like, oh, what's coming on the ticker next? Oh, I know this is the same thing I've been watching for the last 30 <laughs> minutes, but I can't wait. Maybe there's something new. And right. that's, I think that's the big one. Yeah. Maybe there's something new I might miss out if I don't Ooh, check constantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm reading, I just finished a book called Digital Minimalism that we got in hard copy from the library, from a trip to the library. A Which fun was awesome. Trip Our first physical trip to, trip to the library yeah. in two years. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, it was so awesome. Yeah, it was wonderful. And so I read this book and speaking of fear of missing out, but also it's another way for me to be a people pleaser. Yeah. And I'd never... He doesn't say this in the book, but this is a connection that I made, like, because he was talking about texting, particularly texting, which feels like a connection with people because you're staying, you know, you're you're touching base with people. However, connection is different from real conversation where you have the nuance. It's connection without a deep connection. Connection light. He says that you feel like you need to tend your texts. Yeah. And I thought that was such a perfect way to put it because that is, I go through this thing where if I send someone a text and then I'm waiting for them to reply, I don't want to put my phone down and go do something because then if they reply, they think I've just blown them off. It's almost like you're well, on the phone with them and you just think. put their, well, exactly. And of course they're not thinking that. Or, or if they are, that's too bad because you're texting <laughs> right. and you're living your life. And that's the thing. You're multitasking. So you're not yeah. super, I don't know, it's fascinating. And so for me, texting is my biggest issue that I need to to deal with because it has become my main way of communicating with people. And it, I have found it very valuable for some things. And I think it has hollowed out right. something. It's just a husk, you're a husk of a human now. It's, <laughs> but but this whole idea of tending, you know, yeah. like, ah. Well, it's funny, too, because we, we've talked about not wanting to be on the phone because we feel like we have a finite amount of time. And being on the phone, you can't plan for it because if someone calls and you start talking to them, then suddenly it's like, oh, wow, I just cleared my my slate for the next half hour, 45 minutes when that was not my intent. And so we try to guard our time. But the reality is, is that when you're texting on five threads on a Saturday morning, you've just given up an hour and a half of your time, exactly. a very fragmented time, right? So you're not doing oh. any deep work. You're not doing anything. And it's, yeah. And so it is nice to connect, but it's, it would be nicer if we can do all this more on our own terms rather than feeling like we're a slave to our device. Right. You know, um, if you go through daily life and you, and you pay attention, you'll see people are in their cars on their phone. People oh. are in the, sh- the checkout line. They're on their phone. Our mailman is like getting out of the mail truck on his phone, delivering the mail. And it's, it's fascinating that we have a hard time putting these down. Like there's zero downtime. And I think that's the biggest problem for a creative practice is that we... It goes back to the patient's conversation. Like, we feel like we always need to be entertained. And it's, it's really the dopamine, right? It's this mm-hmm. idea, well, oh, well, I got a little downtime. Let me look at something that makes me feel good. Let me find something that's cool and interesting. Or let me, you know, scroll down Instagram or Facebook or any of those things. And, you know, we're not here to, to judge by any means. Oh, my goodness. And we're not Luddites by any stretch of the imagination. I know. 
<laughs> no, and that's the, that's the thing, right? Like these devices and computers and the internet are, are amazing and they're amazing tools and you can really put them to work for you. But it's, it's hard, just like anything that is addictive, to know when it's enough versus sliding into the way too much category, you know? And, and what, 60 years ago, it was TV. People were freaking out about TV, which I would argue is maybe a little less insidious. I mean, there was still advertising and stuff like that. And, and some people did. Well, it was uh, Freud's brother or nephew. Maybe it was Freud's nephew who really developed modern advertising right. through the psychological principles of Freud. Um, look it up. It's on the internet. No. <laughs> I, I, and I'm trying to think where I came across that. And I was just like, my it's head exploded. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, there it is. So anyway, the, to bring it back around to, you know, there, so there are a lot of reasons that we do this. And, and a couple of things that we would recommend, if you haven't already, um, to... That book that Ginger mentioned, Digital Minimalism, probably be worth checking out if you're interested in changing your habits or at least kind of getting into some of the why behind things. And then The Social Dilemma, you mm. know, that documentary, maybe it's a little hyperbolic, but not that much, you know. And I work in digital marketing and uh, there are, the yeah, there are, there are reasons that things happen the way they do, you know, retargeting when the ads follow you around. It's not, I mean, it's a little creepy, but it's also like, yeah, we know that if you see an ad more than X number of times, you're more likely to purchase or to convert or whatever. And so all these things are constantly being refined over time in the digital, in Silicon Valley, right? Like they're, they're trying to figure out ways to make this better and optimize and make more money. And, uh, and so there's all this stuff that's working against us. And then there's our, our personalities as well, right? And so that awareness factor is important, um, learning about it. Because I think once you know more about it, it's kind of like seeing how Taco Bell makes, you know, their meat is made. And you're like, maybe I'm going to eat less Taco <laughs> Bell. Um, I feel like the same thing happens with the, the digital stuff too. And know this, you know, like for whatever, whatever news channels that you're watching or anything like that, while they are delivering information, they're ultimately advertising vehicles. Mm. And so their job is to get you to tune in over and over and over again so they can serve up more advertising so they can make more money. And, and I think, like, for me, knowing that makes it easier to go, oh, I recognize that I'm getting either wound up or emotionally involved in whatever's being presented to me, but I also recognize that there's a reason the headlines are written the way they are. There's a reason that the images that they're presenting are the way they are. And it, it reminds me of those old, like, uh, I think BuzzFeed or even before that, but like, oh, you know, man, where's a squid on his head? You'll never, um, you'll never guess what happens next. And it's all designed to, well, what happens next? The guy's got a squid on his head. And uh, so. I have been a victim of clickbait. Not that squid thing. Well, oh, I saw that a mile away. <laughs> Here, let me show you my squid hat. Um, so anyway, that's, I think. I think that's probably a pretty good overview of like some of the reasons that we do it. And it's probably different for different people. But as creatives, we know that we sabotage our creative practice. Yes. And, and we also know we're getting help in sabotaging right. our creative practice. We have sabotaged our creative practices for thousands of years. That's right. And long before phones. But phones have become a, a real... Yeah. <laughs> phones have made it easier to get our dopamine drip that we get from yes. our creative practice. Yeah. I think of like water cooler talk at, at offices. And I think that's part of that too. Like, ah, I don't really want to do this work that I'm supposed to be doing. I used to do that. It'd be like, all right, I got to write this huge environmental document. 
and I'm going to sit down. All right. All right. I think I got it. I got it kind of out. All right. I'm going to get coffee. I'm going to go talk to Bob, you know, whatever, <laughs> anything to not do this. And because uh, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And, and these devices get us our dopamine drip a lot easier without all mm. the hard work of the creative uh, process. And so that's a fact. I think that's another reason that we do it because it's like, oh, I can just get it here. Yeah. And ultimately, though, it's, it's a shallow victory. It is. And it goes back to what you said a number of episodes back about trading your future goals for mm. these instant gratification goals. And if your you know, goal is to, as a painter, create a body of work over a period of time and you keep sabotaging that, you're getting that instant gratification, but you're just stretching out the time to get to that cohesive body of work or, you know, or yeah. a, a novel in my case or a short story. But, and so the question is, how do we exist in this world knowing that we're not going to just all like throw our devices away? I mean, I, I work on a computer right. and uh, interact with people all day long because of my job. And so I know that I'm not going to be able to get rid of that, but how do I find a, I don't want to say balance, but how do I kind of dial it back so that I can really do the creative work that I want to do? I think that's a, a really important thing. And one thing that we just came off of last weekend is twice a year, we do these, what we call creative weekends. And we go to a state park, stay in a cabin that has a big fireplace in it. And um, it's really almost permission to not do all that stuff and just be like, yeah, I'm just, man, I, I have a whole day where I can write or we can write, play music, um, read books, but anything that's, you know. Walk in nature, reconnect with nature. That was our other. originally thought, our original thought. Yeah. Connect with each other, yep. unplug. The original, original was to unplug. <laughs> and it turned out the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps era cabins at the state park had Wi-Fi. It's like, come on. Which it turned out to be handy because... Our child plays guitar and they bring up their songs that they play digitally and stuff like that. And so it's not, it's, and this is kind of cool, I think, though, right? It's not digital free. Right. But it's still an opportunity to be like, oh, I don't have to text anyone. I don't have to answer, you know, emails. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I can just put that away because I know, like, my purpose of being here is this thing. Yeah. And it generally works out. We, I don't know, they always feel pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that's one way is by making a conscious effort to sort of do this. We do this thing twice a year and it helps, I think for me, it helps rejuvenate me, get me excited about a project because I can take a long deep dive as opposed to an hour or two in the morning. It's like I can take two days to just kind of work through stuff in my head, write stuff down. Yeah. And we, I mean, this podcast was birthed. It's true. During. Two creative weekend. Yeah. Two creative weekends ago. Yeah. And look at it now. It's all, it's all grown up. Um, and another part of that that's really cool is that we're sort of cross-pollinating creative pursuits. So, you know, you're working on learning the ukulele, getting more proficient at that. And Zora will play guitar and I bring my guitar. And, and it's not that we all just sit down and play together, but we're, it's just that like, oh, this weekend, I, this is what I'm here to do. So I'm going to do this um, along with uh, my sketching or painting or writing or whatever. And I, I bring that cross-pollination up because one of the things that I find to be helpful is sometimes I'm, go, I'm like, oh, I'll go re you know, reach for my phone. And I'm like, well, don't do that. Why don't you write, do a little more writing or um, 
pick up a book, like pick up a physical book and delve into that because I think it appeals to our sense of curiosity, right? The idea that we we always want to learn new stuff, but you know, the, that I learned that somebody beat somebody two to one in soccer, <laughs> it's not a lasting gratification. Like right now I'm reading this book uh, called, oh, I, I want to say it's called The Genius of Birds, but I think that was the previous book that she wrote. Anyway, a really cool book about birds and behavior. And I think it's, it's more about their, their communication. And um, anyway, it's just fascinating. And I'm learning all this stuff that's just, it's just learning how the world works, like how the world really works versus how the metaverse tells me the uh, world works, yeah. right? I was thinking back to always growing up, we had a huge uh, unabridged dictionary on the, <laughs> on the bookcase. And I'd say, what does such and such mean? Well, go look it up. And I think about that now, like, okay, look it up on your device. And then uh, an hour later, after you've also checked your social media accounts and your email, and, and then you know the yeah. word, but you know, like this. Also, yeah. I wonder, taking out that physical act doesn't give you as much separation for doing that mm. thing. And so maybe it doesn't stick as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I, know. Oh, I just keep looking this up because my brain is now in my hand instead of in my head. Well, uh, someone probably has done. Hopefully people are doing studies about how smartphones are making us not smart. stupid. Yeah. No. I mean, I know there is there's stuff out it's, there. It's, but, and no. it's fascinating. This goes back to like, okay, look, we know we're not going to ditch our phone, but um, what are some ways we can kind of give our, our minds a break and not always be occupied because we We've talked about some of the ways to have a practice like meditation and things along those lines where you're, you're giving your mind a chance to rest and be open to ideas and to inspiration and to just uh, the beauty of the world. But really, like just, yeah, looking around and, and recognizing that you're part of this bigger thing. And um, there are some things that we do, not necessarily regularly, but on, on occasion, like there are times where it's like, oh, man, I'm just going to go out on the porch. It's kind of warm out. I'm going to go just lean on the railing and watch the birds. Something about birds for me, people. Yeah. But uh, look at the trees, look at the season, see the monarch butterflies migrating oh, like we did yeah. earlier this fall. That was just awesome. Set our alarm for 3 a.m. and go see the... Uh, oh, yeah, the lunar eclipse. Lunar eclipse. That was really cool. <laughs> Hope you guys got to see that. And we go for walks from time to time and, you know, just no walk and talk. Yeah. I think the hard part is we have difficulty being by ourselves without doing something. And so, like, if you're in your car, turn everything off and just drive, you know, mm. like wherever you're going, even if it's 10 minutes, just turn it off and look around and observe. And that's what I was talking about before, you know, you'll, you'll find how many people are actually on their devices in the world, you know, people walking down the sidewalk and just l looking down at their device and turning off notifications is another one. Oh, man. What I've done is turn off my sound notifications. I still, I guess I get little badges at the very top, not like filling up my screen as much, but... Right. Uh, and no vibration, but none of that kind of stuff that's distracting. But you talked about that thing where you move and your phone lights up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I haven't turned that off yet, and I, yeah. I sure need to. So you just turn it over face down. Yes. But yeah, for sure. And that, again, that's like another thing that's designed. Oh, hey, my phone's talking to me. I'm going to pick It's my best friend. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. And, and well. Yeah, no go. Well, I was going to say that, you know, we talked about the there are so many parts to the creative, so many emotions that you go through during the course of a creative practice. And you talk and think about the excitement, the, the fun and all that kind of stuff. And then you go through all the work and the hard part to get to that fun part. 
But I think we try to rush through. I think Mm -hmm. what phones have really allowed us to do, and this was, oh, gosh, our child listens to uh, a musician named Radical Face that we're just huge fans of. And he had an awesome blog post back in May that I just read. And he talked about just really sort of this, you know, the siren call of the phone and that he realized it was this total way to avoid the down times of anything, you know, like to just get that little dopamine hit or whatever. So the idea of mindful, I come back to mindfulness of we have to be okay facing the disappointment or the fear. And I think I definitely tend to use my phone as a quick way to try to skip over any of the fear or the disappointment and not be mindful. And I, I thought that was really interesting when we were driving in the car last night and we did have Spotify on. So, you know, like it was, we were using the phone, but we weren't texting or anything. But you were talking about a news thing that was mm-hmm. stressful. And I was starting to feel stressed. And then Ray LaMontagne's Be Here Now yeah. came on. And I just thought that was really interesting timing. Like, oh, yeah, be here now. Like, just in this yeah. moment, we can choose. Well, it was cool because you were pointing it out. And I was like, what? Till the sun turns black. <laughs> right. Like, no, be here now. Like, no, I, I think it's. And then I missed the giant be here now at the top of the screen, which is my Right, wife. because we struggle. Yeah. Yeah, we struggle to be here now. It's like, no, no, I want to just. Well, then again, I guess that could be interpreted as trying to escape. If you're feeling stressed out by thinking about something and you tell yourself you need to be in the moment and not be stressed about that thing, does that mean you're running no. from that thing? <laughs> well, it's Uh-oh. funny you say that. I mean, I, I think the answer is no, because the the real question is, well, what can you do about that thing? If something's stressing you out, like if you have a flat tire, then yeah, that's probably something you should be taking care of right now. Whereas if it's some sort of world crisis that you can't do a dang thing about, then there's no point in wasting your energy on worrying about it. I mean, it's already worrisome, but it's like, well, I'm not going to solve this. This isn't a one person. I alone cannot do this. And so I think that that's that's just an ongoing struggle. But I think if you give yourself time to breathe and not be on your phone all the time, that gives your mind time to settle because if you're constantly getting this input of information, your brain goes into overdrive. And I think that really makes it, not, I mean, that's why meditation works is because you're, it allows you to calm your, your mind. Um, there's an analogy that the headspace guy uses, you know, he's like, you know, your, your thoughts are traffic and it's not a perfect analogy, but your thoughts are traffic. And if you're in the middle of traffic trying to stop them and control it, you're probably going to get run over, but, <laughs> right. but also it's very stressful. Whereas if you're like, oh, I'm just going to go over to the side of the road, sit under this tree and watch my thoughts from afar, then that's a nice way to kind of like, okay, you know, yeah. it allows you to get some perspective, which I think is always the, is the challenging part in this day and age with the, the constant feed of information to us and 24-hour news cycles and just all that stuff that, again, isn't ultimate, ultimately meaningful. Like a little bit of it, it's good to know what's going on. But if you're just sitting there consuming yourself with what people are telling you, their their whole job is to get you to continue to tune in so they can tell you more stuff and keep you on tenterhooks while they're serving up advertising. Yeah. And um, and one thing I'm considering doing is taking Gmail mm-hmm. and Instagram off of my phone because you can now, it used to be that you couldn't access Instagram, uh, you know, from your desktop really. 
but now you can, so or laptops. So now I'm really thinking about doing that. It seemed like such a good idea, and then I have not done it, which is interesting. It is. There it, is fear. Well, it's interesting you say that. I used to be on Twitter a lot, and then the election cycles kind of destroyed that because I realized I was just getting like, oh my gosh, like even like I was, you know, following baseball, following soccer, following writers, but inevitably all that stuff was bubbling up. All the political conversations were bubbling up, and I was getting super anxious, you know. And that's when I first started dipping into meditation and stuff, and but. It's funny. I was like, well, I'm taking Twitter off my phone. And then I found I was going on my phone to my Chrome browser and bringing up Twitter <laughs> there and be like, oh. And then uh, the, the 2020 election is what sealed the deal for me. And I just, I don't really go on there at all anymore. And I haven't been on Facebook in a social way I, I do for my job, but um, I'm not out there interacting with people and stuff because there, it doesn't, it never feels good. Like, but I do feel like, to your point, like originally when I was like, well, if I'm not on Twitter, and I still think about this as a, as a writer, like, oh, if I'm, if I'm not really active on Twitter, you know, am I going to be less attractive when it comes time to get an agent or a publisher Exactly. because I don't have a platform? And the reality is like, well, I, if that's the case, then so be it because it's, not, it's more important to me to have my, my mental health. And, and, uh, and the reality is even without being on those social media platforms, I still get enough information that I can get stressed out over stuff, you know? <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's just a long way of saying it's, it is a constant kind of reevaluation and figuring out what works for you. And ultimately, you'll know if it's, if it's right, I think, because it'll feel better. Mm-hmm. It'll feel better. And the fear of missing out, I mean, look, I think we all recognize that it would be better if, and COVID hasn't done anyone any favors, but it would be better if we could interact with people face to face. Because, you know, you have like a thousand friends on Facebook. It's like, well, no one has a thousand friends that they can interact with meaningfully. It just doesn't work that way. And I think most of us probably crave some sort of deeper interaction. And so that's another way to harness the dragon is to, you know, take time to be with people physically where you can, you know, based on COVID and all that good stuff and engage there as opposed to you were talking earlier about the texting and how it's a shallower interaction, shallower connection. And I was thinking about it in terms of the the term slacktivism, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, that's another thing you get bombarded, like everyone's suffering and everyone needs help. And you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to, it's, it's up to me to, to do this. So I'm going to, I'm going to like that post. I'm going to heart that thing. I'm gonna, hey, and I'm done. <laughs> exactly. My work here is done, you know, and, and. Yeah, which is a real dangerous. Which in some ways is great because it's like, I can't do everything for all these groups. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm actually not doing anything for any groups because all I'm doing is liking and commenting and being yeah. outraged. And so anyway, there it is. That's how you harness the dragon. Super easy. <laughs> but it's, it's a reason it's called the dragon, right? Because right. it, it is. It's, it's something that's not going away. It's something that we have to contend with. And it's only getting more prevalent, right? Everything, you know, smart watches, they're talking about smart fabrics, um, the 5G chip in your, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, the, you know, but there is, there's all, there, there are more and more ways to pull us in. Um, streaming TV now, depending on what channels you watch, also serves up advertising based on your, your uh, habits online, which in some ways is great because who wants to get served like, uh, you know, I don't know, bra ads if you don't wear a bra, you know what I mean? So I'd rather get served up ads that are relevant to me but at the same time, I'd rather not get served ads at all because I'll tell you what I want, Internet. You don't I tell me. get so many cat 
<laughs> cat caves, cat food, cat. Oh, why? Hmm. What What are the uh, recommended posts on my, Instagram my... that you get? <laughs> oh my gosh, my search, my search page used to be all art, and now it's all cat videos. Right, because it feels better, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah. So that's you know, hopefully those tips help a little bit. I mean, they're probably. Most of the tips that we just offered are probably things that people have thought about doing. Right. And it's a matter of, I guess it's a matter of harnessing the dragon is really deciding mm -hmm. what you're going to do. Because setting, for me, I'm a big fan of timers because I've been setting the timer for 15 minutes every day to practice my ukulele. And I am shocked at the progress I made in just a week of doing that. And I put, I put it down as soon as the 15 minutes is up. But it's not designed to make you want to look at it over and over again. It doesn't ding at you. Ding, ding, beep, beep, beep. I think it's not unlike any addiction, right, where it's, mm. it's difficult. And, and it's a practice. And I think, yeah, and I think sometimes like things have to happen for you to come to a realization that you don't want it to be like that anymore. Right. And it, again, it's, it's sort of narratives too, you know. And we make it. We make a hell of a lot of excuses as, oh, well, I can't, I need this. Well, what if somebody calls me? It's like. Exactly. And everybody does. I soothe myself with that. Like, oh, yeah. wow, it's I'm just part of the modern yeah. world. Everyone does this, you know. And so don't beat yourself <laughs> up over it. You know, I think examining it is more constructive than just being angry at yourself for not being able to stop doing it. You right. Know, like, Shame get you nowhere. Yeah. Hopefully this is a helpful episode for you. I, I know we didn't solve the world's problems, but it's definitely worth taking a little time to be introspective about your own stuff. If you want more out of your creative practice and you feel like you're not getting it, maybe looking at your digital interactions might help you find some space and uh, also maybe will help you understand why maybe you're a little angstier than you mm. have been in, you know, 10 years prior to now, you know. Um, but anyway, that's it for this episode of the Creative Double Shot. May your digital dragon turn out to be one of those cute little iridescent fairy dragons <laughs> from D&D. &D. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.